I feel like in past years, like you'll push promos and it's like the creative that you thought would do the worst or something super random that seems to work or stick in ad accounts. And like where you find a lot of success in those days is like, hey, like you, you see something stick early and we'll make 10 more of them in a really quick period of time. And if you don't have a good library of content to do that, you're kind of like throttled with respect to performance. So like, that's why I think it's important to think ahead on your promo schedule. And I don't think about like, okay, what does that actually mean for my content? This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the email and text marketing platform that puts D2C brands in control. If you're the leader of a D2C brand, you need a platform that hustles as hard as you do. Klaviyo unlocks the power of your e-commerce data so you can personalize and automate messages that keep customers coming back. D2C brands communicate with Klaviyo. Start for free at klaviyo.com slash DTC. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash DTC. Hello and welcome. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric Dick from DTC Newsletter and Podcast, and I am with the crack creative team at Pilot House today to discuss Q4 content planning, which includes Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all the holidays, uh, and we are excited to dive into it. A lot of people think about Black Friday and Cyber Monday, um, you know, really focused on that as the pinnacle of the sort of holiday season. But really, Q4 encompasses a huge amount of, of sort of different um, opportunities to engage your customers. So when we think about Q4 content planning, can we just like lay out the slate of all the different sort of opportunities that we're thinking about? Black Friday, Christmas, New Year's. Is New Year's included? I guess not. Lead up to New let's, Year's. Let's, let's start. Like, Let's start in November. Does anyone send Thanksgiving campaigns? Does any, like, I remember notoriously back when I was doing affiliate marketing back in the day, Thanksgiving was sort of a notoriously, notoriously sort of bad time for, um, for purchases and things like that. Is that something we're still seeing? I think like in terms of content, like use anything as inspiration to make like interesting content. Um, you could definitely make, you know, you just see content about like eating too much on Thanksgiving and that's why you need to focus on like health and wellness offers or, um, but in, in terms of like promos, probably less, but like take any, take any opportunity to have an awesome promo too. I'm curious to see how it happens this year because like it was madness last year with COVID and it felt like more so last year than ever you were seeing Black Friday or like early promos pop up like a month in advance. It felt so early. So I'm curious to see how that happens this year. But like in my experience, Thanksgiving was never something that we would lean into. It would just be like early Black Friday deals. It's going to depend on the product and the brand and what it is you're actually offering, right? Like you might have a, you might have a brand that appeals to people, you know, less so during the Black Friday kind of Christmas rush, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe around that Thanksgiving, people seeing their families again for the first time, potentially a long time this year as well. Um, so things like gifting and whatnot might be, might be more prominent earlier in the year. Um, I think those smaller holidays over Q4 as a whole, as a whole, are kind of important to focus on. Um, you know, obviously Black Friday, Christmas are huge, but I know we're talking about November. But like even Halloween last year, I saw Halloween being like a big, big performing event for a lot of different brands last year. Um, during that kind of ramp up to the bigger Q, the bigger like Black Fridays and whatnot sentimental i think will be like a big theme this year like evan said no one's seen their family there has been no traveling like i think gifting sentimental themes of your content will be really important i think people are going to take advantage of that 
the, the whole fall is just such an evocative season. That's why, you know, pumpkin spice lattes are such a big hit. Yeah, pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's jump into this gifting idea a little bit, because this is something um, that I've, I've heard from a lot of, from, from podcast guests, essentially, where people realize uh, that the people buying their gifts are, are, are buying their, their products are not often or are, are sometimes not the, the, the target consumer they had in mind and are, in fact, people buying gifts for other people. How do we actually take advantage of that in our creative yeah, that's something I'm getting the content creator and UGC clients to focus on right now is that the people buying in Q4 might not actually be the target demo who uses your products. Menswear is the perfect example for that. Um, so we're shifting with our clients to be getting you know more women to be making content for us, talking about who they're buying for instead of like just men uh, talking about the clothes they're wearing. Interesting. Is that something that we can make come across in other ads? Uh, like, beside, like, so we've got UGC. That's an, that's an obvious win. I bought my partner these things, and I I love them, kind of thing. Uh, does that echo across other ad formats as well? It was hugely successful. Like, we work with um, a watch brand, and Valentine's Day this year was hugely successful with branded ads. I mean, they they funny enough they were like kind of on the scrappier side of the spectrum. But just challenging like the males in the audience, like, hey, it's coming up. Like, what are you doing to gift for your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, whatever it may be? And it was hugely successful. And it largely was not UGC content. So I think it works from a branded perspective as well. And that's interesting. That was targeting men to buy their their yeah. you know, female partners, which often you think of the gifter being the woman uh, thinking more about it ahead of time, at least in, in my case. I think I think the same thing will work for like Christmas uh, or just like holiday season this year. Um, you know, like I think putting it's almost like FOMO, you know, like putting challenging people like what's your plan this year? Just getting that messaging out in front of people, especially if like, you know, if it's further down the funnel and like people are already showing interest in your product, they just need a little bit of a push to increase that urgency. So it's it's definitely something that you should lean into through copy and messaging. If it's going to be a more sentimental year, maybe there's more, you know, more on the line uh, for uh, for people when it comes to gift giving as well. So that's that's maybe a sentiment that can infuse the ads. Interesting. Yeah, similar to that, like whole that whole sentimental thing around Thanksgiving, right? Like I think we're going to see very different uh, different trends in ecom this kind of you know late Q4 Christmas period, right? Where people are going to be have that opportunity to like shop in store again, and there might be a little bit more focus on on maybe like in person gifting rather than you know, delivering it to somebody. But I think that has to be reflected in the creative and the content that you do as well. So like it could be a UGC thing focusing on having it delivered to you very quickly and having it delivered gift wrap so you don't have to wrap it yourself. Um, all these kind of things that just add that extra bit of uh, bit of value to the customer who's going to be buying it. But in the perspective of buying it as a gift for somebody that they'll be able to actually give them in person as opposed to just ship it to their house in on the other side of the country. I love it. And you, you know, we're always looking for ways for ads to meet people where they are. Uh, they're always going to be more effective the more they can speak to them. And, uh, you know, we've, we've even just seen and, and I know we've run some some good examples of of, cont of promos uh, that actually sort of just I, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was one of the promos that we ran for one of our brands. And it was essentially one that was like a, a gift giving um, operation to a specific segment of their operation, potentially to nurses or things or th some, something sort of within their their customer base. And they ended up getting press on it. Is that like what what kind of promos are are we thinking about uh, in, in Q, Q4 this year the most? I think sentimental, like, yeah, the nurses, 
the nurse's example is a great one. Uh, you haven't seen your family, you know, buy two for one, um, get one for you and a friend. I think those sorts of messages will be uh, will be strong this year. I am very interested in, I remember p- people last year, This we brought this point up earlier of Black Friday, Cyber Money, promotion, Monday promotions happening up to a month ahead of time. And I remember the sentiment at that time I heard anyways was, oh, this is kind of a special year because of all this disruption and that's why this is happening and, and that we may not be able to do this every year. I'm really interested to see, are we planning to be launching things up to a month ahead of time uh, as well? Or, or are we going to more see how it goes? I'm seeing a lot of people, re- you know, trying to plan, trying to plan like their whole queue, like trying to plan their Black Friday, for example, like right now. Um, Cause what it does is it gives you that opportunity to test different types of content in advance, right? And you know, the, like the, the, the name of the game being like testing a variety of different content, different styles, different messaging angles, things like that. Anything you can do ahead of the actual rush when CPMs are still a little bit cheaper the better, right? Because it'll give you learnings, it'll give you momentum going into those into those busier, busier times um, ahead of, yeah, just ahead of schedule. Is the idea you want to be testing less during those actual times? So, so you really want to be going into those, like, or are you going to be testing about the same amount all the time? Halloween is a good test, like test two offers you think you might use for like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, see how they work on Halloween and then like adjust from there um, is how I know a lot of brands do it. Or like start your VIP list sale you know, now. I like this idea of, of early bird and VIP sales opportunities because are, are these, if I understand them, are they things that you do on, you know, sort of just to bolster the sale itself? So it's essentially, you're going to have the sale, but then you, then you just, you add on to it with a little bit extra prestige with your best customers by having this like early bird opportunity. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I think so. I know we've done a lot of list building in month, in like weeks leading up to Black Friday. So teasing deals and getting people for early signups so you can build your retargeting list come like, you know, the, the, the heavy CPM days for sure. I know that's been an effective strategy and a couple of brands that we're working with. But yeah, it's almost like we've, we've done a weekly cadence where you do kind of weekly drops of, of like teaser promos that lead up to what is positioned as like the massive Black Friday sale. Um, and you kind of see like ebbs and flows and like hype build up for that big Black Friday event. We always talk about testing on, on this podcast about the amount, you know, how many brands like out there might underestimate how much, you know, you really want to be testing kind of going in. How do we manage the, the quality versus the iteration that we try to achieve with with our clients? I feel like from my experience, like, t- like every talking about you know, sitting down with clients and planning out what your Q4 looks like. And a lot of that's based around promo schedules. Um, I feel like that's really important depending on the size of like your brand and your ability to create content. It's really ability to have an understanding of what your promo schedule is going to be and what SKUs or products you want to focus on. So you can actually look at your library of content and say like, okay, do I actually have enough content to support all these promos? Because honestly, like, I don't know if you want to touch on this, Ev, but I feel like in past years, like you'll push promos and it's like the creative that you thought would do the worst or something super random that seems to work or stick in ad accounts. And like where you find a lot of success in those days is like, Hey, like you, you see something stick early and we'll make 10 more of them in a really quick period of time. And if you don't have a good library of content to do that, you're kind of like throttled with respect to performance. So like, that's why I think it's important to think ahead on your promo schedule. And then I'm thinking about like, okay, what does that actually mean for my content? And then like working backwards. Going back to the point of variety and diversity in the creative and the content you're using, um, you know, whether it's like images, videos, UGC, whether it's like 
polished photo, uh, polished product photos, you know, user, uh, you know, like a, a use case videos, how to videos, things like that. Like if you have the resources to do as much as you can across the board and be, have that kind of variety and distribution across your creative assets, that for me would be like the most important thing kind of heading into this period because you can start getting those learnings now and then you can start capitalizing on those kind of early wins, whether it's UGC, whether it's like explainer videos, animated videos, whatever it is. So when the time comes, you can just start scaling those up as opposed to the Thursday night for Black Friday being like, oh, I wonder what ads I'm going to run tomorrow. You know what I mean? Also with like iterations specifically for either like, you know, stuff you do with models, stuff you do with UGC or influencers, you, if those if you hit a winner, like you don't want it to be too promo specific or specifically Q4 focused. So I encourage clients to sort of think about, you know, make everything so that it could be also used as an evergreen offer later. You want to be able to, if something really hits with your audience, you want to be able to like make a couple tweaks and keep running it into Q1. Need high quality, fully licensed UGC? With MiniSocial, you can produce beautiful, authentic, and fully licensed user-generated content featuring your products with micro-influencer creators. D2C brands like Native, Olipop, Hydrant, and others love working with MiniSocial as a way to populate their organic social acquisition channels, website, and beyond, while also competing dollar for dollar with traditional influencer activations on Instagram and TikTok. Get started on a campaign at minisocial.com today. Do you find that you can reuse creative? Like this is something, it's, it's very interesting the way you can kind of, you can run creative for a long period of time and it'll just crush. And then, uh, you know, another creative will, 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 uh, you know, start, it'll, this one will work worse. This one will start working better. And so on. I, and, and then even when you try to revisit the ones that had worked well in the past, they're usually sort of burnt. Is that something that, that we find as well? Or are we able to recycle creatives from the past into, into campaigns again and again, not necessarily, you know, promo specific or, or holiday specific. I don't know how long ago this was, but we had an exchange in Slack and, and there was a few examples of different advertisers who like, whether it was intentional or glitch, I don't know, but they had previous sales content up in their ad accounts. And everyone was like, I swear this would work. If you had like a black Friday or Valentine, like whatever promo running months later, it would just tell me that wouldn't stop your scroll pattern. So whether that was an intentional or not, I don't know, but I know like just generally speaking, our buyers always revisit old content that crushed in months, years past and see if you can get some engagement like down the road. And that's the, you know, the benefit of having a bigger, you know, cache that you build up ahead of time that you're testing more to dip into, to test from the past when you, you know, may not have any on hand. With like TikTok creators, content creators, um, I think those trends burn out quickly. So if you're sort of focused on that more like entertainment style, I think you got to like keep iterating, keep jumping on the newest trends of videos and just like keep pumping out more because I think those will get stale after a while. Yeah, I, I just when it comes to communicating with so let's talk about TikTok specifically. Communicating with uh, with influencers on TikTok when you're when you know that you want to be more sentimental, is it literally you're giving them you're just making your points more sentimental that you're sending them their bullet points? We want you to emphasize gifting. We want you to emphasize seeing family and friends again or something like that. Like how do you actually get these instructions of the way you you want your campaigns to be to, to the influencers? We give them pretty detailed instructions. Like almost everyone we work with, we will get on a phone call with them and talk, like bounce around ideas. 
but we have a pretty defined you know we want to make one we want to make two videos that are like sentimental we want to make a couple of humorous ones we need a couple explainer videos we need a couple of like different ones um, so we sort of have the ads in our mind already when we're like reaching out to these content creators and then we work with people that we know can sort of deliver it and make it seem authentic and make it seem fun and not like scripted is the real goal. But uh, there's so many super talented creators out there that come to us with ideas and we're like, well, we never thought of that before. So yeah, it's always a collaboration, but, um, I would say like go into it. Don't leave it all in their hands because a lot of times content creators are thinking about this in a way that's like what will be fun for to be on my feed, but they're not necessarily thinking like what will make a good ad. So that's where we like put, that's where we add the coaching aspects. So, so for the brands out there that maybe have overused, like I, I overused promos, maybe they've, or sales or they're there, you know, maybe they haven't done the best job with that. How do you make sure that your holiday offers or that your Black Friday, your Cyber Monday offers actually stand out, you know, and are really, you know, noticeable versus your regular promos that you might have? I think the content just has to be like your most exciting content, uh, you know, like test out weird things. Like this is the time to do anything that's going to be eye-catching because there's just going to be so many more eyeballs um, and there's going to be so much more budget being poured into creating content. So don't be afraid to get weird. Yeah. I also think you definitely need to think about like, is this promo a good promo? <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but it's so true because I know in the past we've run promos um, not just around Black Friday, but with other clients. And it's, you're like, shit, this was not nearly as successful as we wanted it to be. But then you kind of ask, ask yourself the question, like if I was on the receiving end, like would this excite me enough to actually push the shop or buy an out button? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, if I would, like, you got to ask yourself, if you, how, how do I incentivize people to purchase this product in a meaningful way? That you yourself would be interested in potentially. Yeah. And I don't think, and like, I don't think content is always the most important thing. I think a promotion that makes sense to your audience is the most important thing. And then figuring out how to communicate to the people who are going to buy your product is like your second priority. It should be your second priority. In my opinion, it's not the use case for every single product, but that's the way I, I think about it anyways. Uh, Samantha, what are we, what do you think? I know you're, you've, you've, you're heading up the pilot house studio, pilot house studios rather. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious, what, what's on your mind these days uh, when it comes to the, the higher-end content that, that we produce at Pilot House? The higher-end content. Can you elaborate? Yeah. Well, I just mean not the stuff that we're shooting on our phones, you know, because this, or the stuff that gets shot on phones because, you know, UGC content, I mean. Um, so, so specifically, you know, the, the content that's shot in the studios. I see. If you're asking what my opinion is about the different types of content that can be shot... I see definite use cases for both types of content. There's scrappy sort of, uh, you know, UGC phone type content that works really well and produces great results. Um, and in other cases, like professionally done content with, you know, scripts, videographers, photographers, that's exactly what, uh, what you're gonna need to move the brand forward. Um, so it really depends on what your goals are, also what type of brand you have in the works. Um, and where you're trying to go with your brand for, uh, for the type of content you produce. 
And I imagine we advocate, you know, a mix where you, you do want to show the different sides of your brand. You want to be able to show that super high end professional um, version that that's scripted or that's, you know, shot on, on nice cameras. And then you have to be able to run the scrappy UGC stuff as well. Um, and I, I think it's important that customers see both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it really depends on your brand goals, but uh, a mix is really like what we what we try to do with our teams. And also like the studio stuff is telling the story of the brand, like from the brand's point of view. And then like UGC or influencer stuff is telling the story of like the customer side, I think is like how I define it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So you need both. I just think there's a spectrum, right? Like in I think like diversity is going to be like the name of the game on especially Facebook and Instagram moving forward. I think TikTok and like content trends are bleeding in and like they have been for a while, but it just feels like the stuff that does well is, is like getting scrappier and scrappier and scrappier. And it's really cool seeing big brands like embrace that and start to think about how they can also do scrappier things. But there's always, always going to be a place for, you know, good looking content always. Um, so like if you're even a brand if it's owner, cropped in, even yeah. if it's fully cropped in on TikTok. <laughs> But maybe not for TikTok, but no. But I see that a lot. I see brands running high end creative, but literally just cropped in to to be in, in that TikTok frame, which I find which is is interesting. It's a pattern interrupt in that environment. Yeah, and if you can just give view rates like feeding into the algo, like you know, more and more people are going to see that piece of content for sure. But yeah, I think like if you're thinking about content for Q4 or Black Friday and all these other promos, just like think about instead of you know investing. It depends on your budget, obviously, but like instead of investing in. In, in one ad set and one angle and one piece of content, try and think about how you can source as much as possible going back to the, you know, having as many options as you can when those promos roll around. I love it. So that you should be testing and, and, and having good testing hygiene for, for how you go about it. One thing I've seen a lot of recently is um, like a, a dependency, on, not dependency, but really putting emphasis on going through like your ad comments, right? Like your reviews, whether it's like on Amazon or Facebook uh, or your website, going through those as, as sources for inspiration for angles and content is, is huge, right? Because that's directly from potential customers uh, or, or previous customers. It's directly from, um, you know, people who are prospecting customers who might have an objection. And then you're gathering that information directly from the source. And if you start, you know, doing that for a while, you'll start seeing trends that you can start adapting your creative toward and even using comments and reviews in actual creative as well. Uh, and, and obviously your post click experience too. In influencer scripts and things like that, where you're actually using, because those are authentic sentiments. Um, and so you can definitely build those into the things that, you know, how, how people talk about your product. This happened, this happened recently of just about the podcast where we had someone write to me and say how they thought about the podcast. And then we put that into ads and it actually was one of our top performers. There you go. Yeah. That's an easy, yeah, you can answer the questions, easy, easy hack, like an exercise to go through. If you want to source some of this stuff, like just open like a sheet and just like create three columns, like things my customers absolutely love things. My customers hate and things that, um, you know, the customers want to see more of and just like go through all of your Amazon reviews, all of your site reviews and start filling in those cells. And like, I guarantee you, you'll pull out dozens of different ideas for ads and all of those things or things that you can leverage UGC creators to talk about. Nice. Or to build promos around potentially as well. Yeah. I've seen brands who are like really on top of their comment mod game and, and they will like, they'll see like a, a, a negative comment, something say, saying someone like, oh, I really want to buy this, a little bit too expensive for me, whatever. And they'll literally make a like one-time promo code that's like that person's name or something like that. And then like a 10% off and like reply to the comment. 
And like that kind of engagement, that's not just that one sale, like that is engagement that will inspire others potentially to overcome that. And will also, that's, con that's free content. Like you're literally getting free content from that. You run that as an ad and it's going gonna, it's gonna to do well. I still want to see more people trying names, first name specific campaigns. Like today, you know, like today we decided to give everyone named Steve a free product or 50% off. I feel like that's a really underused, you know, everyone has that data. Everyone loves hearing their name. Why not? Why don't we build that into more promo? So if you're listening to this out there, you run a, a promo, a name promo and, and hit me up and tell me if it worked. RIP to all those people with unpopular names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is pretty namist of me, actually. So, <laughs> or do like a deep fake where it'll say anyone's name. Ooh, they'll populate anyone's name. I like it. Advanced AI. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for coming on the podcast today. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll, we'll chat with you all soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer all one word dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.